Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, episode number eight. We're getting oh so close to that double digit number in episodes and I'm extremely proud of that. So we've got an awesome interview on the back end of this episode with Eric the Car Guy. He's got over 700,000 subs, so make sure you stick around to hear some insight that he has to share with us. Uh, Some house cleaning things before I get started with what I wanna say. Don't forget to support us over on Patreon. The link will be down below. Uh, Just for a couple dollars a month, you will be able to have your channel uh, up on our website on our Patreon page. You can even sponsor an episode of the show and I'll promote your channel on this show here. So don't forget you can go on over there, support us for as little as three to five dollars. Really helps us out. Also use our Audible link which will be down below to get that free audiobook for your listening pleasure. There's some great books out there on Audible to help you with your YouTube business. So with all of that out of the way, I got a few things I want to share with you guys today. So it is now entering that time where New Year's resolutions are out of the way. And if you have started a YouTube channel, now is the time to really buckle down and decide who your audience is. I want to talk about that for a few minutes before we get into our interview. And then I've got a tip for you, and then we'll jump into the interview. You need to decide what your avatar is. Who is that person who you want to watch your videos? Don't get caught up with the subscriber numbers and all of that. You need to stay consistent and create that avatar in your mind. Write it down on Evernote. Jot some notes down. What is the type of person who would be interested in consuming your content? That's something that I want to talk about today is when you create YouTube content, you need to have a viewer in mind. You need to create something that you're passionate about, something that you love, but you also need to have in in the back of your mind, who is this video for? What is the purpose of this video? When I create tutorial videos on how to do something, whether it be software, hardware, whatever it is, I know when I create that video that this specific piece of content is going to help this person, person A, person B, who's having trouble with this problem. So whatever that content that you're creating is, make sure you have an avatar, a person in mind who you are saying, all right, this is for you. This content is for you. So remember that today when you're creating your content, go ahead, get that person in your mind. And I promise you, you will at the end of the day, once you get done recording that video, you'll go back and watch it and you'll say, yes, I hit the nail on the head. And this video is going to do great for that person. And don't forget to include your passion. I mean, guys, when you're creating content, have fun with it. Don't get so business-like that you can't create something because you're so stuffy. You can't even talk uh, about the video and what you're creating. So make it fun. Have a good time when you're doing it, but also focus in on who that is for. Now, my tip this week is this. YouTube has just updated the card feature where you can now create YouTube user polls when someone is viewing your video. I've got a video actually on how to do it. I'll link it in the show notes below, but you can create a user poll. So when someone's viewing your video, they can participate in this poll. And this is a great way, new way to interact with your audience. I have found this to be just a great feature. Uh, I tested it a while back. Now it is out to the public and it's just a great way to get some feedback from your audience and maybe can help you and guide you on what kind of content you need to create and what kind of content that your users or viewers community is looking for. 
So go on over to uh, edit your video and then under the card section, you're going to see a new card that you can create called polls and you can go in there and add multiple uh, answers to your question to kind of get a better view and understanding of what your viewers are wanting when it comes to your content. So that is the tip. And so without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into the interview with Eric, the car guy. All right, guys, and welcome back to the interview portion of this episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. And I am so honored today to be joined by Eric, the car guy. He has been on YouTube for over seven years. He does how-to auto repair type videos, tool reviews, uh, has over 700,000 YouTube subscribers, has been asked to speak at SEMA about how to create a full-time income on YouTube. So this guy knows his stuff. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into these questions and we are going to learn a whole lot about how Eric got started into his YouTube career and maybe garner some tips and techniques and strategies from what he's used to get to where he is today in his YouTube career. So Eric, question number one, how did you get started on YouTube? Uh, it was a matter of necessity. I was broke and didn't want to work a real job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the The long story is, is uh, I I was working as an auto mechanic and through a strange set of circumstances ended up losing my job. However, uh, at that time, I had been moonlighting and learning video production. I, I was an artist years ago before I became a, an auto mechanic and then as soon as video production became something that was available to the masses, I was in a computer store one day, I was messing around, and I found that I really had an affinity for it. So I started my own video production business and was doing that on weekends. I was doing weddings and events and those types of things. Uh, and then around the time that I lost my job, I was faced with a decision of whether or not I wanted to continue on with auto repair or if I wanted to make a go at it with video production. And I decided video production was the way that I wanted to go. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, this was 2008. And I can say that that was really not the best time to start a business, and especially a video production business. It was like really low on the balance sheets of everybody. So I was watching YouTube one day, and uh, there was a channel back then called David's Farm. And uh, he had probably the most popular automotive YouTube channel at the time. And he did a video where he was holding up a check that he'd gotten from YouTube for a month's worth of his videos, and it was for $7,000. Nice. And I said to myself, hmm, uh, I could try that. I could apply my video production skills and also my skills as a mechanic, put the two things together and make, you know, real actual repair videos. So that's how Eric the Car Guy came into being. So <clears throat> Eric the Car Guy is what your channel's kind of branded as, Eric the Car Guy. Where did that come from? Obviously, your name is Eric, and then you just put the car guy after your name. So was there any creative way of creating that name or was that just something that you were like, wait, I'm just going to do this because it sounds good? Um, a little column A, a little column B. Mostly I, I did sit down and, and develop a, a strategy and a business plan right from the onset. I, I had already had sort of a business mindset working in video production, as I'd said. Uh, so I already had a general idea of the direction that I wanted to go. So from the onset, I had set it up to be a brand. It wasn't just a YouTube channel. I've also created EricTheCarGuy.com, which came about very shortly after the YouTube channel did. And those two things have worked in concert with each other ever since. Okay. So that transitions perfectly into question number two. So question number two is how has YouTube helped your business? And I want you to speak a little bit about um, how you've really had your YouTube channel and your website kind of play nice together and, and work really nice together when creating that YouTube business. How, how have you done that? 
Well, uh, a lot of it centers around the fact that if you're going to do any kind of how-to, I think, on YouTube, you're going to have a lot of people asking you questions. Sure, oh, you're yeah. going to information, but there's always going to be other questions that people have. And given, you know, as you grow, if you become at a certain level, it, it becomes overwhelming. So you're not able to address everybody's questions in the comments, and it, it just becomes kind of a mess, especially in the automotive sense. So for me, EricTheCarGuy.com was a way of addressing those questions, you know, that I can't answer everybody's individual questions. I mean, I probably get a thousand questions thrown at me in a given day, wow. and, and I can't necessarily answer them all. And that's probably an exaggeration, but not really that far off. That being said, the website was always a place to send people as sort of like triage. Uh, I've got an FAQ page that I set up that covers probably about 80% of the questions that I get asked. And I've incorporated some of those videos that I've done specifically on those problems. I've also you know, written blogs about it. It's all self-contained. So people can go there and if they have a problem, like say if their car isn't starting, they can you know, explore those articles. In addition, there's a forum on the website. So if you, know, you don't have uh, a way of getting your specific question to your specific problem answered, you can post it over on the forum. And I have four moderators there. I also go there myself to field these questions directly. So it's, it's just a, a way of not only that, but all these questions become archived. So any of the answers that get posted, if somebody wants to search our database, they can search our database and they may find somebody who had a similar problem in the past that... Uh, relates to what they're doing. So there's, it, it's it's a way of of addressing uh, a lot of the questions I get asked beyond the videos. So what are you doing to link to your website within the YouTube videos? What type of call to action do you have? Is it in the description of the videos? Is it through an annotation? Is it through a YouTube card? What are you doing to get people to stay in your ecosystem? Uh, at the end of every one of my videos, I, I lead off with, you know, if you have automotive questions, please head over to EricTheCarGuide.com. And then I talk about my social networks and I close with be safe, have fun, stay dirty. So it's the tagline to each and every one of my videos. Honestly, you know, with cards and things, I've been doing this longer than those have been in existence. And uh, with the amount of work that I do, it's kind of hard to learn new things sometimes. So I, I, would, I really should start incorporating more of those uh, direct links so that people can just click on things because I'm finding people don't like to read or open descriptions at all. <laughs> <laughs> this so, is true. So uh, they just they want it handed to them. So I, I think I should make more of an effort going forward to uh, make it easier for people to access the website and additional information. That's great. So what is something, Eric, that you wish someone had told you seven years ago when you first started Eric the Car Guy, when you started out on YouTube, what's something that you wish someone had told you? Oh, wow. Um, it's, I don't have any regrets. I can definitely say that, uh, aside from that is, and it's, it's just regular advice. Just beware of the haters and right. don't, don't engage them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I, you know, it's like, sometimes I feel like, you know, just like, uh, just messing with them, you know, just, just to play around. And that's not always the best strategy because once you engage, it's kind of sometimes a slippery slope, but I, I'm not really sure because I, I, I was on YouTube for about three years before I became Eric the Car Guy. So I sort of knew the landscape. I knew how things worked. I knew how things operated at that time. And I, I took a look at a lot of the things like David's Farm that I mentioned before and, and other channels and saw the things that I felt were lacking. And then I took that information and you know took it forward and took it to another level and put my own stamp on it. So I, I got rid of some of the things I didn't like and incorporated some of the things I did like to create my own thing. So I think that's what you do with YouTube. You, you've got to make your own unique space in there. 
And if you're wanting to get into something like right now, there's, there's, you're inundated with auto repair type channels and videos and things like that. But when I started out, that wasn't necessarily the case. It was a pretty open field. Right. But now that it's become what it has, I mean, you really have to put your own unique stamp on things. And, and I, if I were to give advice to somebody today, that's what I would give them. I would look to create your own, your own thing. And, and make videos that you want to make, not that you think people will watch. Make things that you want to do because you have to, your excitement, your enthusiasm comes up and people will relate to that. And that's, that's what will make you successful, not something that you think will make you successful. Right. And that, that's one thing that I preach on here on the show and on my channel is that your passion is going to come through the screen. When people see you and you have your own niche and you have your own way of doing things, you're going to create your community that's based around your channel, that's based around your personality. I think that it's just, it's just such a good advice when you're talking to people who are wanting to get started on YouTube, when you're talking to them about, look, you need to be your own self, do videos you love doing, and I promise you people are going to come to that because they're going to notice and see that passion within you about that content. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. So are there any YouTube tools or equipment software that you use on a day or weekly basis that you could recommend to our audience? I wish. And, and honestly, I've gotten to a point where, you know, I have created such a niche and I have such a, a structure to the work that I do because I'm posting. Actually, I'm getting up to four videos a week now. And just trying to keep up with that production schedule is, is tough enough. And as far as, you know, the new emerging things with YouTube... Over the past seven years, I've had several instances where YouTube changed everything, and I had to like relearn the way they did stuff. Uh, honestly, I'm on the lookout for somebody who's more in tune with that type of thing to help me utilize that stuff more. Me, I've always focused on content, not necessarily right. tools itself. So that that's where my focus has always been. I figure, you know, if you build it, they will come, so to speak. Uh, so that's the philosophy and the approach that I've taken, and. In some ways, that's been to uh, my disadvantage because of those new technologies that are available. It could probably help propel me forward even more. But as I said, I'm so focused on the content and also running the website and all the other businesses of, of what it is that I do that it's, it's difficult to keep up and find time to even explore those other possibilities. Right. So, so what are you using when you're recording your videos? Like what type of equipment are you using when you're recording like the tutorial videos or the auto repair videos? What type of equipment or setup are you using? I have a Canon XA20, uh, Sennheiser wireless microphone setup, and also a cameraman. That's extremely helpful because, I mean, filming videos is one thing. Video production has its own challenges. I can tell you without a doubt that if you're going to do auto repair, uh, videos, it, it presents a whole new level of challenge. Just to put it in perspective, a repair that would take me 15 minutes would easily take an hour and a half to film. Right. So for every hour that you see, there's three other hours that are there, not to mention the editing on top of that. So it, it takes it to a whole new level. So having somebody there to help and, and keep an ear on the audio to find out, oh, you know, you hit your mic during that last take, redo it. Uh, things that you won't necessarily find uh, while you're in production, it's really good to know that before you get into post-production and then have to try and fix it. So having a buddy helping you out is is one of the best tools, I think. And also, you know, for me, it's especially with these repair videos, it's about point of view. Uh, I also have GoPro cameras that I incorporate as well. Uh, okay. So it's it's a mixed bag of tricks that I have. Now, do you edit your own videos or does the camera guy do the editing? No, I've actually had the camera guy starting to do rough cuts for me. Uh, and I do that for two reasons. I do that, one, to save me some time, but two, so that he can critique his own work. 
right. uh, for me to come back and say at a later date, you know, hey, you, you didn't do this or you didn't do that. I found that it's much better for him to see it himself and say, you know, maybe I could have had that shot framed a little better or, you know, I, I should have caught that during the, the, uh, you know, the shoot. But it's a process. I mean, you can't expect things to go perfect because the more things you add into it, the more levels of complication, there, there's more chances for things to go wrong. So it's, you just kind of have to roll with the punches and think on your feet. Right, exactly. So, Eric, if you could give some advice to someone who's wanting to create a YouTube channel or someone who's just started out on YouTube, what would that be? Um, I would say think of it as a brand from the onset. I mean, just tell yourself from the beginning you're going to be successful and plan for that success. That way you're not behind when you get to that point where you actually are successful. And by that I mean one of the first things I recommend you do if you do come up with a name, as you mentioned my name, Eric the Car Guy, earlier, uh, get the URL, nail it down, uh, and, and buy that domain. Because if you get down the road and that domain is not available and you, know, you get successful and maybe decide to sell t-shirts or something like that on a website, that name isn't available and you have to come up with something else. And that can be confusing to viewers or people if they're searching for you because if it's not associated with your name, it can be a little weird. So and instead of the real EricTheCarGuy.com, there is an EricTheCarGuy.com because I made sure of that from the onset. So right. think, think about that from the beginning and that will be helpful. Now, how important do you think it is, Eric, to have a website that links back to your YouTube channel and then vice versa from the YouTube channel? Do you think that's extremely important even when you're creating or starting out on YouTube? No, I don't. Um, I think it's important for what I did because, as I said, I mean, it was always set up to field a lot of automotive questions. Right. So, you know, with, with that in mind, yes. But, you know, for somebody who's starting a channel talking about how much they love cats, you know, no. Right. <laughs> I don't see that as a necessity. So right. you, you really have to look at it, you know, as, as the big picture to find out if it's going to be appropriate for you or not. Right. Awesome. So have you read any books in the past few years, Eric, that, has helped, that have helped you uh, succeed at YouTube or in business? Any new media books or any books that have kind of you look back on and you say, oh man, I'm, this book is, is a foundation for, for what I've done here with my channel? Honestly, no. <laughs> and, and mostly that's a time factor. It's, it's been just a, a trial and error experience right. for me. It really hasn't been. I really can't point to any one thing that, that uh, you know, helped guide me in a direction. It was sort of, as I said earlier, in that I looked at what other people were doing. I looked, I I took what I liked about what they were doing, incorporated into what I was doing, and what I didn't like, I left those things out. So really, it was just looking, you know, being in the trenches and looking at what was on YouTube, what worked and what didn't. Right. So, so basically, going out looking at similar channels that produce content similar to what you wanted to do, and took the good from those and cut out the bad. Precisely, and it, they don't necessarily have to be related. In fact. I, I'll, I'll admit this now for the first time ever. I took a lot of my cues from Philip DeFranco. Okay. I was watching him like when he started out, when he had like maybe a thousand subscribers. I, I watched him way back when. And I saw him grow and take off and saw how his channel changed and sort of used that as a model. And that has nothing to do with auto repair, but I just used some of, some of his cues and some of the things that I thought that worked with his channels and incorporated them into my own. Right. Yes. That, that's very similar to what I did. And it didn't have to really be in my specific niche of what I was going to do with my videos. I just basically found channels that I thought, man, the production value on these videos are fantastic. What can I do to emulate that uh, and, and, and apply that to my content that I'm going to create here on the channel? So that's that is some great advice. So listeners, 
take that, rewind the, the episode here and hear what Eric said, because it's important to see what people are doing and how they're creating great content, valuable content, uh, and what they're doing well and what they're doing not so well, and apply that to your channel. So uh, the next question I have for you, Eric, is this here. What do you think is next for your YouTube channel specifically? And then after that, where do you see YouTube going in the future three, five, seven years from now? Well, can I be honest? Yes. I've never wanted to completely rely on YouTube as my sole source of income. Okay, explain, Ex expand upon that a little bit. Well, think about it. I mean, let's put it this way. Think of the amount of people that are on YouTube. Think of the amount of channels that are on YouTube, the amount of videos that are uploaded per day. Basically, you, you barely exist within that. And right. it wouldn't take much for somebody to hit a wrong button or whatever, and your channel goes away. And then what happens? Then what right. do you do? And I'm not saying you couldn't get it back in that instance. It just depends on what those circumstances were. But I've always, I've, I've never liked, you know, some big nameless or big faceless thing having control over my, my livelihood. So that's one of the reasons why I developed a website the way I did is sort of a fallback. And, I, you know, I diversify. Videos are not the only thing I do. In fact, I've been doing a lot of blogs and other things that uh, lately as well. So, uh, now, remind me again what the question was. I sort of went off on a tangent. <laughs> no, no, that, that was a great answer. I think it's so important that people understand that if they're doing this YouTube thing, which is what I'm going to call it, as a business, do not count on that to be the sole way you make an income. Just make it be a supplement to what you're doing, whether you're blogging, whether you're going out and you're doing pro bono work, whether you're reviewing products, whatever you're doing, just make YouTube a part of it. See, YouTube is such a fantastic tool, but as you said, it's a tool that is not owned by you. You don't own YouTube. YouTube could any day or any minute say, you know, change the rules like they've done numerous times before, and a lot of the income that you may be making on YouTube could disappear with an instant. Uh, and that's something that people have to understand is it's very important when you're creating your YouTube channel that you're supplementing that with other forms of revenue, such as a website or affiliate programs or any type of value you can bring to your viewer that's going to allow them to create a community around you and not just YouTube. I think that's extremely important. And the second part of the question that I was asking is, where do you see YouTube going in the future as a platform? Well, getting back to your point about uh, YouTube and the fact that they can pull the plug, just think about what ad blockers have done recently and Correct. the efforts YouTube has made to make it so that you know the people that are bypassing the ads are still paying revenue. Right. Well, I've, I've done a similar model with my website. I have a premium membership through my website where I offer exclusive content that is outside of YouTube. Uh, so that, that took some difficulty to get set up. Also, you know, paying for the streaming fees and everything else. I mean, there is some overhead associated with that, but that's one of the ways that I've combated uh, the fact that, you know, YouTube ad revenue is not necessarily a steady income. Correct. As far as going forward into the future um, and where I think YouTube is going, it's, it's really difficult to say. But from what I'm, what I'm seeing, I see the trend is, as I mentioned earlier, people aren't necessarily into reading or anything. So they're... YouTube, I think, is like the ubiquitous form of communication in a sense, and you know, it seems like everybody's doing it now. And when YouTube first started out, it seemed like a novelty, or now is it's a part of our daily lives. In fact, I've got two kids that spend an inordinate amount of time watching YouTube on their iPads, right. which I get to be cool because Dad is on YouTube, but <laughs> it's the same. They they're not watching my videos. Sure. Yeah, they're watching Jenna Marbles, and my son watches video game videos all the time. So right. 
So, but it, and they don't have to watch mine. I, I don't, that's not a prerequisite. But that being said, it seems that you know entertainment itself. In fact, uh, not long ago, I used to be part of a uh, an editing group, and one of the people that was there, we had a discussion one time. I said, "Television is dead." And he said, you know, well, I don't think so. I don't think television's ever going away. And, and just seeing what's happened over the past three years, uh, I just, and going back to my kids as an, ex- as an example, they don't watch television. They watch YouTube. And, right. and short-form entertainment in that sense, I think, is the way of the future. Right. I, I don't think people necessarily have the time or want to take the time for full-length content unless they're binge-watching something on Netflix. Uh, but I do see YouTube is becoming more prevalent in the entertainment world, and I, I think they also feel the same way, which is why I think they're moving in the direction they're moving. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. Uh, that's why I'm excited to be kind of at the precipice of, of, of what we're doing. I know YouTube's been around for a while now. It's in, in Internet uh, years or uh, technology years. It's basically an old grandpa, but it's still extremely young and is still in its infancy. And I think if they make the right moves, they could really take a cut out of what TV's doing uh, as far as live television. I think YouTube, uh, with the new YouTube Red program and stuff like that, I think they're making the right pushes towards the right direction. And I'm very interested to see this year, within the next two or three years, where are they going to go? And that's why I tell young creators on the show or on my YouTube channel, look, when you're creating your content, Number one, you've got to realize it's going to be there for forever uh, unless YouTube shuts down. So don't put anything out there you don't want to be around forever. And number two, create that quality content that people are going to get value from for years down the road, whether it be comedy or tutorial videos like what you and I do a lot of. It's one of those things to where I see YouTube really expanding out and and getting new legs and arms into the entertainment industry, like you said, where they're going to take talented creators who are on there right now doing their own own thing, and they're basically going to pay them to create content like actors, or they're going to pay them like directors to, to create videos. So I see a lot of change, a lot of maturity coming to YouTube in the next few years. So I completely agree with you there. The last question I have, Eric, is kind of a fun question. Uh, what are some guilty pleasure channels, as what I like to call them, that you like to watch on YouTube yourself? Can I be honest? Be honest. I don't have time to watch YouTube. I hear you. <laughs> it's just between just all the juggling that I need to do with the business of Eric the Car Guy and then content creation and editing, I don't think people fully grasp the amount of time that goes into editing, especially the work that I do. Sure say I spend all day and, and shoot a video about a, a certain procedure or whatever, and I come up with a rough cut that's five hours long. Well, to pare that down to an hour and 45 minutes to make it really tight and interesting takes three days at right. least. Right. So, you know, w- w- putting in that amount of time in addition to, you know, trying to you know, do other things and be a family and all that other kind of stuff, there's, there's very little time to watch. So, I, I catch things here and there, you know, like sometimes a fan will send me a video or something and I'll check that out or, you know, somebody will say, hey, this is really great. But, you know, I hate to say this because most of my videos are longer. I, if it's more than like three to five minutes, I probably won't watch it. Right. No, that is a sentiment that a lot of people are learning right now on YouTube. And I talk about that a lot, too, as far as like watch time and view time. If, if your stuff is not suited for a long format... Um, keeping it within, you know, two to three minutes is going to be that sweet spot because people, I mean, people aren't going to sit there and watch 10, 15, 20 minute videos unless they're extremely interested in what you're making the content about or if like your content is suited for that long-term, long-form 
format like what yours is. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the thing. I'm grateful for the fans that I have because, I mean, I put out videos that are an hour long and they sit through all of it. And the greatest compliment to me is they'll sit through the video and they make a comment like, it didn't feel like I sat here for an hour. That's what I hear. <laughs> that's what you want to hear as a content creator at the end of one of those long videos. So, Eric, in closing, where can the audience find you uh, on the Internet? EricTheCarGuy.com, especially if they have automotive questions, I ask that they go there. As I mentioned, start at the FAQ page, and if that can't help you, I'm posted on the forum. Also, in fact, uh, tonight, which is Wednesday or whatever it is, I do a live show every other Wednesday where I answer people's questions live on Google+. That is fantastic. Eric, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you spending time with us today, and we're going to have all of your links down in the show notes. We really do appreciate it, Eric. Thanks again. Thank you, Dusty. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as support us on Patreon for great perks such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.